Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And we are here as always, well not quite as always, in sunny Singapore. It is truly sunny outside. Oh, it is. I can see the blue, blue sky. It is a wonderful day here in Singapore, Bill. It is gorgeous and hot and sweaty. As always. (laughs) Just the way I like it. Well, the reason I said not always is because next week, actually, I will be in Hong Kong. Uh, I'm doing some editing work on a news publishers conference over there. Uh, so uh, China's kind of on my mind. The Hong Kong protests, which of mm. course continue, is on my mind. Um, where this conference will be, will be kind of at the other end of the island. I will probably make some effort if I've got the time to swing up through protests. the middle of town mm. and see what's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if anything. Um, you know, just on that quickly, uh, that was all originally started by an extradition bill that would have allowed people to be sent to China proper out of Hong Kong. That started the protests. It has since morphed in its terms of its demands, but they they actually officially withdrew that bill. Yes, this week. Um, but that's not likely to calm anything anytime soon, and it's still pretty rough. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, yeah. They've opened Panera's box. I think if you could sort of, uh, yeah, it's yeah. not going to calm down anytime soon. So you might be in some hot waters there. Yeah, well, I'll have to see, right? You know, I'll have to You'll see what fine. I can find. Take my mask. Take my water. Yeah. Take. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Uh, but you know, the uh, good thing is, get some colored shirts. Maybe not white and black. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wearing a black shirt now. <laughs> uh, that could be bad. Yeah, just wear blue or something. Yeah, what what should I wear? I, that, so that's got me curious. The white shirts tend to be the government supporters, the black shirts, the opponents. What do I wear? Any dress shirt, just... You think so? Something bluish, yeah. Yeah. Hmm, okay, blue, yellow. Yeah, yellow, yeah. yeah. Red. 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 The cops will not that's come it. after someone wearing red, right? Definitely not. We're safe. <laughs> Well, speaking of the Chinese government, you know what? They are not going to be a global hegemon. No, they have no such ambition whatsoever. None. None. So the the vice, uh, hang on, I've, I'm, I've got the official name here. He is the vice foreign minister of China, or one of them anyway, yeah. Le Yucheng. Uh, he, quote, in a speech said, China has never wanted to challenge the U.S. or replace it. And says that this notion of global conflict and, and, and confrontation right, right. is just overblown. They'll just gradually buy all of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and as we discussed in the last episode, force uh, their perspective through economic means. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what they have been doing. That's how they grew, up, grew out of poverty into this position of power. And it's been working for them. And they have so much leeway still. They still have years and years of growth to go, right? So come on. That's a really good point. That's how they've gotten to this point of essentially being one of the two great powers in the globe. So why switch the conflict? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they're building up their military, but you're right. They'd be stupid to start to project that military to parts of the world and upset their apple cart. Listen, if you come to someone and ask them, sell me your stuff, and they say yes, then you don't need the gun, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. It becomes tricky when they start saying no. Unless, well, look, all economic transactions are ultimately buoyed by force, right? That's how you enforce contracts, yeah. law. That's how you don't get your stuff stolen. True. Yeah. But, so they need some force behind it. Right. But you're right. Most people are not going to, it's never going to get to that point. And if people continue to buy their stuff. Well, and they have to scale off the market, right? That they can use. 
they have the market that they can use as a threat. So, and that's what they have been doing, right? Through all of these uh, recent upsets of companies uh, upsetting their sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence, he gave a big speech this week where he uh, he went after the NBA and he went after Nike yeah. for knuckling under to that kind of economic pressure from China. This is a follow-up to a speech he gave basically the same time a year ago. He's kind of been their point person on going after China. But uh, he singled out those companies this time instead. Yeah, yeah fair enough, right? Yeah. yeah. This is going under the word decoupling. If you haven't heard that word yet, that maybe the global economy is headed toward a decoupling where there's a China world and a U.S. world economically. That could kind of undermine that project, couldn't it? I guess. Well, only if uh, there's an equality of wealth. and <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure that's going to happen because the U.S. is definitely not going in the right direction, I think, whereas China is still going strong, man. Wait, what's the what's the wrong direction? I mean, economically mean? speaking, I don't think you're. Uh, no, it. lay it out, man. What do you What do you want to say? Well, I think bring it, buddy. There's a higher probability of the U.S. going down right now than of China <laughs> going down. Why? All right, come on. I think that the debt bubble is going to burst at some point, right? Oh yeah, but China's got its own debt bubble, and I think I think yeah, okay, fair enough. But they have. I think they have bigger skill. I think they have bigger reach. Yeah. Um, in a weird way, I think they have a better public image going for themselves, even though everybody what? hates them in many ways. <laughs> what? What's their good public image? What do you well, mean? Well, they don't attack you. Oh. They might not. You're bringing it back to the military thing. Well, they aren't might you? not. Well, they might not treat their own in ways that you would agree with. Correct. Right. The Uyghurs. But they won't. Mili- they won't. They won't threaten you with military force. Look, if people would just do what the U.S. wanted, we wouldn't blow them up. But that's weird, right? The calculation is really fucking simple. I asked you a question. (laughs) Fucking agree with me. Yes. The beatings will continue until compliance ensues. I'll beat you till you love me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true. The U.S., uh, I would term it a global empire. We're kind of a soft empire, but we certainly do have military bases and military projection all over the world. Um, You know, and this kind of, you know, so in the news, of course, has been the President Trump withdrawing U.S. troops from a portion of Syria, allowing Mm -hmm. Turkey to come in, allowing Russia to come in. And even though I don't give him full credit for knowing what the hell he's doing, he's not wrong on one thing in that what the hell's the U.S. doing in the Middle East, right? which is a question that's been asked on the left for a, a long, long time. Mm. And it does have to do with our empire abroad in order to protect oil supplies. And he's actually ridiculously open and honest about that in a way that many national defense policy people in the U.S. are not. Mm. And I hate, this is something that kind of scares me, is his utter incompetence in that area and others will discredit this idea that, Look, we got to look for ways to extricate ourselves, pull back on these things that because it gets associated with him, it'll ruin that idea in foreign policy for the U.S. Yeah, you might not be wrong on that. Yeah. 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 Even though I think still probably, I don't know, man, shit. Anything he says just makes you wonder, right? Yeah. Was I wrong to think that he agrees with me? Oh, my God. Right. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You start to doubt your sanity. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Have I not looked into this sufficiently? <laughs> yeah, right. 
I've been wrong this whole time. I've been wrong because he agrees with me. Uh, we should invade other countries. <laughs> yes. Now I'm all for it. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. I've been cured of that. This is, this is relieving, right? I can so get behind better. American empire. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much better. Fucking Trump. You know, speaking of the, the Chinese uh, economy rising, a couple of data points uh, that came up this week that I found were interesting. So a Credit Suisse report, the richest 10% globally, and what's interesting is how much it takes. So if you have a hundred thousand U.S. Mm. dollars in assets, oh yeah, you're in the top ten percent. You're least, in the right? top ten percent. A hundred million of those people now are Chinese, mm-hmm. and ninety-nine million are Americans. Ooh, there you go. Nice. They are. They. They. they they're now. I don't know what the richest of the rich ten percent or the so most of the rich percentage-wise, you still win. Uh, no, no, they win, right? No, they're winning. As a percentage of your population. Oh, yes. Well, still, yeah. When you compare the two economies, the U.S. is wealthier. It has more millionaires. um, But, uh, you know, separately, you were making a good point that uh, wealth is inherited. Wealth is inherited. It it accumulates. It grows over time, right? Disproportionately so. So they're just getting started, man. Yeah. Yeah, shit. So they cross this line, they get this baseline of being in the richest 10%, but well, then and, and one more generation down, it just continues to go. So much more potential, right? Because it's still mm. going up, it's growing, uh, even though some people, of course, argue, this, make this whole bubble argument saying that it's all going to collapse soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I don't know, man, there's a lot of positive science. The thing that you were mentioning, the, amount of, the number of unicorns uh, yes, this is coming a out of China. Difference, well, what's a unicorn? First of all, explain. So, that. so a giantly successful tech company. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But private companies, right? Yes, private haven't companies. done IPOs. Haven't yet. done IPOs yet. Uh, worth a billion dollars US or more. Yes, sir. Um, uh, so apparently, this other report uh, came out of a, a firm in China. Four hundred and ninety-four of these since two thousand. Two hundred and six are Chinese. Two hundred and three are American. And that's massively important, right? Because they capture enormous amounts of future economic value and, and, and future wealth. So if tomorrow's Facebook is Chinese, that's a real issue. Yeah. Uh, issue how? Well, issue that they would capture the wealth and the opportunity that comes along with it. They would dictate uh, the way Facebook dictates in many ways through Instagram and WhatsApp. Yeah. What can be said, it cannot be said online. Um, and just, I mean, it's it's not like traditionally, well, traditionally, historically, the Chinese and the Western internet used to be completely separated and Western apps, Western tech companies would be unsuccessful in the Chinese market, but Chinese companies turning out to be more successful in the Western market. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the it, it, it's more accessible and much more open than the Chinese market is. So where are people spending their attention hours, the young generations spending their attention? TikTok. Right. Right, which is Chinese. Yeah, if you haven't tried TikTok yet. <laughs> oh, try it. It's, it's, it's really awesome. funny. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we talk about this last episode? I'm just, I don't know. Vine. So Vine was an early version of this. Yeah. That yeah. came out of the which West, filled. but it was only like three seconds or something. Yeah. So these you can do longer seconds, and it's just little video hits. Longer seconds. Video yeah. posts. Yeah. Um, 
and most of them are just just so hilo- just so, so ridiculous. <laughs> that are not shouldn't really shouldn't be on TikTok yes. that are on TikTok. It's fantastic. It's the early days, and so that's um, completely Chinese, right? Censored. Yeah, it is. Yeah, all of those things. So are we stupid for? So you and I are both concerned about uh, a political system that represses what we consider to be basic rights of freedom of speech and all this kind of thing. And then they're allowed to export their allegedly, apps to the world. I'm concerned without. Yeah. <laughs> and our, our government, like in the U.S., I, I'm not sure what Europe is doing, actually. I mean, should, should we prevent those apps? Should we prevent that stuff? Should we prevent TikTok? What's wrong with you? It's hilarious. Yeah, actually, I, I withdraw that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Because how would I waste my time? Yeah. I mean, what the hell would I do with myself? Go on Facebook? Well, you are in that age Make, category. <laughs> Hey, that's probably snow on Facebook. You know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll just waste my time doing podcasting, I think. Because <laughs> that earns the big bucks. You know, speaking of unicorns, as we were, I want to switch to a unicorn that's big in the news. We're going to spend some time on uh, business and tech news here, kind of Apparently. for the second half yeah. of this. We work. Uh, so oh. the founder or president or CEO who just got canned, Adam Newman, got like a billion dollar plus payment to just go away. Yeah, well, you know, but he went away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on its face, isn't this ridiculous? He 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 got he can sell like close to a billion dollars worth of the stock he owns assuming he can get it that good of a price for it but he also got like a 185 million dollar consulting quote unquote contract oh listen they don't have to give we work any of this money right this is all very much consensual so everybody's winning i don't feel particularly but should he get it <laughs> I don't feel particularly bad for companies investing giant amounts of money in, into other companies and then as part of that deal having to pay the CEO a lot of money. I mean... Really? Well, that much money? Well, it's his fucking company. Who cares? Yeah, okay. Yeah. He built it, so why not? And the outside investors, you know, they put their money in, presumably, because... They were savvy money managers. Yeah, because they're going to get even richer, presumably. Right. So I don't feel bad for anyone in this, especially not for him. He's walking away a billionaire. Yeah, he's hugely uh, successful. I think that's a great exit. He, he, he might suffer enormous reputational risk. Right. That's poli- so tough on your private island. In this, yeah, very tough. On this political... Yeah, I mean... Not it, that he owns his one. His pilot has got to ask <laughs> some hard-hitting questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? And we're users of these services, right? So here in Singapore, we... Yeah, I love it. We work here. It's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic, Yeah. And I have to agree. It's a so you're a subscriber. I'm not, but I go there often enough to meet with you and other people. Uh, it's a pleasant environment. I think it works for a small entrepreneur kind of thing. Is it a tech company? No, right. <laughs> no. So that's one of the things they sold themselves as a tech company, as a well, tech so, unicorn, so and it's baloney. It, it's well, bullshit. It, the, it, it depends on how you look at it. Okay. Right? It has. It does have the app. <laughs> where you have access. No, that's listen, it. Listen, that's it. Nowadays. Where you have access to all WeWork members globally. Oh, okay. So you can look for How any. So? You, you can look for any company. Okay. That uses WeWork globally, right? And see okay. the members and send them direct messages. Ah, oh, okay. That's a pretty big advantage. So they're kind of on their way to being a private LinkedIn and a one private could, social. One could network. argue that that's a tech products right 
This that is, is a, what, what do you always say? Uh, strong opinion, weakly held. Yes. This. <laughs> so this is one of those weak opinions. Yeah. Oh, this is just a weak opinion. Strongly held. Oh, okay. <laughs> one could argue that that's a, that that's a real tech product. Yeah. That it provide, but it doesn't. But it only scales. The, the the problem is that it only scales with the real estate, right? So it doesn't scale independently of the real estate investment, which is a poor investment, as far as I can tell. Oh, so, yeah. Because yeah, that's their business model: is that they yes. they rent spaces, renovate them into cool hipster type spaces. Uh, so they take on long term leases with right. landlords, and then do short term contracts for people who can. So I'm, I. And when I say it means that it doesn't scale, it means that the cost per user that you need to create value in that app, in the tech aspect uh, of the company, yeah. doesn't ever go really go down, right? Yeah. So the millionth person that you subscribe to the user base that provides value to users of that app is going to cost about as much as the first one. It's going to have the same kind of risk profile, more or less. And um, contrast that with like a social network like Facebook, they create one website, and except for ex having to expand their server farm, the basic product can serve an unlimited number of people. Well, there are giant issues, of course, to scaling, but I, but I think like a, a good comparison is Google. The first Google query was a, cost a billion dollars. Ah, uh, and now there's billions of them. And now it generates revenue. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and with each additional user, you, you create more value. Yeah, the and cost uh, remains virtually flat comparatively. Yeah, or it goes to, to zero, or it goes down. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas for WeWork, I mean, this is just—it's just yeah, it's a very traditional business model, right? Yeah, yeah rent, they're a real estate company. You rent out a space with a long-term lease, and you cover the cost by offering short-term leases to people that are uh, not necessarily loyal to your brand. Yes. And it's because uh, there's a lot of co-working spaces out there. There's a lot of co-working spaces. It's very uh, competitive. It's very price sensitive. Only if the economy goes down, everybody's gone. Yes. Right. Because so, you can work from your home office. Listen, because that's the value proposition, right? It's flexibility. It's zero risk. That's uh, the value proposition. Yeah. I go to WeWork because there's zero risk. I can cancel tomorrow. I know it's going to cost me this amount of money this month. Yeah. And I still look like I have a real office. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You right? look like a grown-up. Listen, because if, if you're meeting potential clients, you don't want to invite them to your place. Yeah. That sucks. Or a coffee shop. Well, here in Singapore, that's less of an issue. You can have meetings in coffee shops. Yeah. Well, there are cities where it's, you, you just cannot have meetings in coffee shops. Oh, really? Like Paris, you're talking about? Well, Paris, or? even this, yeah, it's less, I think it's less. Less acceptable. Huh? Less acceptable. It's less of this American coffee meetup culture. Oh, so interesting. You, you would much rather go to an office to, to talk. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so having a co-working space there is a uh, significant signaling value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I guess this Adam Newman, he was buying properties and then leasing them out to the company. So he was essentially being the landlord for the rent that he was getting. I mean, I'm getting it. It's completely shady. All of that, all of that stuff is very, very shady, right? Yeah. Very uh, questionable in terms of business practice. He used the company to enrich himself. Yep. As long as it's a private company. Yeah. Well, I don't know, and, and you know it's what? It's all fair game. And I'm not saying I... he's had yeah. his comeuppance, right? He's he's basically out. Now, of course, they're going to have to lay off a bunch of people. I saw some crazy statistic. I didn't write it down. I, I But, you know, he's getting $185 million and they're laying off 2,000 people. 
Yeah. Not that that money would necessarily well, go directly to those people anyway. The, no, but that's the thing. For the employees, it's it's a real nightmare. Yeah, right? and that's the worst part of it. Because you're working thing. in a company that you think is going to IPO. You, you, you might have some shares in it, and depending on where you are in a company, you're getting told all, all, all of these fictitious stories about how, how things are going to go down, and it turns yeah. out that your CEO is just enriching himself massively, and it, this now threatens your future. And yeah. Yeah, that's very much not cool. Yeah, that kind of, that blows. So would I want to work there? Would I want to invest in it? No. Right. Well, speaking of tech, switching to a different tech thing, there was an interesting story uh, about an algorithm. No, yeah, bear with me here. This is right up your alley, man, algorithms. So uh, let me find uh, my details here about uh, this algorithm. It was by a company called Optum that does health services. Uh, there was a report in the journal Science. Apparently, this Optum algorithm was uh, not highlighting uh, African-American people who could be in need of care in favor of white people. And the way it was happening, apparently, is the way the algorithm thought it was colorblind was by saying, we're going to recommend people for care who have the potential to uh, cost more health care dollars down the road. We're going to use that as an indicator. Oh, well, I see where that might go wrong. <laughs> black people tend to not be able to consume as yep. much health care. There you go. Yeah, And on f- their life expectancies are lower in the U.S. as well. And so the algorithm was biased against recommending right. care for these folks, even though they were sick or sicker right. than comparative white people. Oh, yeah. Science, science <laughs> is hard, man. Science <laughs> is hard. It's not easy to do these things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, so I read the article. I I thought it was very balanced, very interesting. So there's big issues here, right? There's People are always worried about biases in AI algorithms. Uh, so first off, that's a data issue, right? So it's an issue about how you oh, gather... it's a data the, issue. How you huh. gather the data and how you make sure that the data is representative for the problem that you're trying to solve and for the population that you're trying to solve it for. Um you need to be aware of potential biases in data in order to be able to recognize them and to correct for them, right? Because it might turn out that our daily practice in certain domains might just be completely biased. Hmm. So if you design an algorithm to automate some of that stuff, you're probably going to end up with a biased algorithm, Hmm. right? Because the way you're doing it is biased. So if you use the data as input for an AI algorithm, then the output of the AI algorithm will also be biased because it can only learn what's available to it in the data. Yeah. Um, so here, I think they were sensitive to these potential issues. Turns out that the data that they ended up using was not as um, unbiased as they thought it would be. I think it's very good that they've discovered the bias, right? That they've been able to correct for it. And I think that's just the way that these things go, right? You need to have... Um, so when, you, when you're doing things on an uns, in an unscaled manner, in an unautomated manner, right? You're going to have many, many different biases that might all sort of cancel each other out, Hmm. ideally. Like if you have 100 doctors uh, suggesting care for certain types of patients, those biases might cancel each other out. Once you start automating that, right, and centralizing everything, then every single patient that you see gets that bias applied to them. Oh, interesting. Right, so you you might get much bigger population effects. Um, So you have to monitor that. You have to make sure that the outcome is what you expect it to be, that the data that you have been using is what 
you thought it was in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think the article touched on this, like some issues with that is that there's not sufficient transparency when it comes to data and decision-making and these kinds of algorithms very often. Well, it's <coughs> it's proprietary information, right? Exactly, so presumably yeah. this Optum created uh, some sort of diagnostic analysis mechanism, algorithm, uh, and sold it as exactly, a tool. Yeah, and that's where it becomes complicated. So when these companies say, okay, this is my data set and I want to divulge any information or I don't want to be open about the decision-making that's really taking place, that's where it becomes complicated. And you kind of just scale these kinds of decision-making processes that directly impact the quality of, li of life or, sorry. Uh-oh. <coughs> just grab yourself water there. I'm sir. dying. <laughs> <laughs> we have an algorithm for that. I'm bad-mouthing our robot overlords. <laughs> yeah, they me. are responding. They are responding appropriately. Sorry we must defend that. ourselves. So, so, So the problem is you need to have the technologists and the caregivers work together closely to yeah. see what's going on and to monitor the outcome in the process and to continuously uh, improve and update these kinds of processes, especially since you're scaling them out to large populations, right? Yeah, and could have a huge impact like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in this case, it seems that maybe Optum did that. They permitted yeah, I think so. yeah. an analysis of their, you know, it gets me thinking, is there an analogy here? We test drugs, right? Yep. We put yeah, drugs yeah. through a rigorous, if we just limit this conversation about algorithms to the medical sector. We test drugs, right? So we put them through a rigorous process of making sure that they don't cause more harm than the good that's promised. Um, maybe a similar sort of thing required for the algorithms that help inform these medical decisions. Yeah, it's a process issue. I mean, come on, science is hard, man. This is this is difficult yeah. stuff. It's it's really, really complicated. It's difficult. Uh, if you get it right, you can, you can make very impactful, positive, decisions in a, in, a, in a scalable, economically viable manner that you potentially could not before using yeah. that technology. But getting to that point is not a, it's not a straight line, man. You yeah, know, you're, yeah. you're gonna make mistakes. Uh, and it's all about the process that you put in place to correct for those mistakes and to, to move forward, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So we're not gonna have robot overlords that are perfect and good. Well, eventually. But uh, <laughs> we'll never week. see them because the evil imperfect ones will kill us first. Oh, well, that's good. Surely. That's a bit of positive yeah, news, don't you think? Good. We well, should switch to the positive news. You want news, some right? more positive news? I mean, news? things haven't... Well, I've got one piece that I want to share with you first before we dive into oh, our, okay. our regular feed. So, what do you got Because uh, we, we've got some more tech news here. So apparently, as of this past summer in June, in the United States again, um, the U.S. nuclear arsenal no longer uses eight-inch floppy disks. Did they run out? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happened? They ran out, right? Uh, uh, apparently, there was some element of the infrastructure that they had to insert eight-inch floppy disks. If you are young enough listening and you don't know what this is, look at the save icon. I think what happened right? here is that all the interns thought they were coasters <laughs> and they were putting their coffee on them. Right. No! And they ran out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost positive that's what happened. But it's they're now on solid state drives, whatever component this is. I right, it went straight to solid state, eh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's all 21st century-like. Nice. Wow. But, but apparently, the 8-inch floppy disks... And look it up. If you don't know what that is, we're not hackable. See? See? So is this good news? <sighs> Pretty sure those SSDs are made in China. Hey, that's a, right. So that's a potential. Right, right? Oh, God. See? I knew I could turn that good news around. I think we should start a war over this. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to go with some good news here. We're going to bring in our good news music because we have to finish uh, on some good news. All right, there news. we go. Let's just read some good news from the Good News Network on Twitter. Apparently, young hotel employee was surprised with a new car during an after-work solo for 36 hours during a flood. Doesn't make any sense, but he got a car for working too much. Yay. That's good. Apparently, trash collectors in the U.S. have finally stopped shipping their waste to poor countries. <laughs> oh. Good. We're going to keep our garbage there. And the last one, apparently some Mexican villagers, quite a few of them, I think, have been working to plant over 5 million trees to ease the climate crisis. Okay, that I like. Uh, I can I can breathe easier already. Thanks, Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? Thank you, baby Jesus. Yeah, you don't want it. They're planting them all next to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Scale the tree, branches grow over. This is a long-term plan. It's an organic wall. It is. It's all happening, man. Yeah. Thanks, Nicola. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, I'll be speaking to you from Hong Kong next week. So thanks for listening and uh, have a good week. Talk soon.